0: If you have your Bibles uh, and you'd like to follow along, please turn to Romans chapter 6. We'll be reading from verse 1 to 11 that uh, our sister Karen read earlier. That's Romans chapter 6, 1 to 11. It reads, What then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Dear, gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for gathering us here together in your presence We pray that you would grant us uh, eyes to see and ears to hear uh, what your word will speak to us this morning we pray Lord um, that you would continually transform us through your word that we may live for your glory and become fully devoted followers of Jesus for this we ask in the name of your son and our Savior Jesus Christ amen in 1738 Charles Wesley wrote these words in one of his most beloved hymns, Amazing Love, How Can It Be? He writes, Long my in-spirit prison, my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night, thine eye diffused a quickening ray, I woke the dungeon flamed with light, my chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Wesley's powerful description of his liberation from the power of sin reminds me of our text this morning in Romans 6, 1 to 11, where Paul talks about one of the most liberating truths in Scripture. Romans 6, 1 to 11 reminds us that in Christ, you become. A new person you are not who you were and to appreciate what this newness of life in Christ really looks like according to Romans 6 1 to 11 I think it's important for us to first understand the context of this passage by looking at two fundamental truths that Paul discusses in Romans chapters 1 to 5 the first fundamental truth is all humanity has sinned. All humanity has sinned. In Romans chapters one to three, Paul declares that all human beings, whether Jewish or non-Jewish, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Ever since our first parents, Adam and Eve, were led by Satan to doubt God's word in Genesis chapter three, everyone has been tainted from sin with sin from birth. Though created good made in the image and likeness of God to be in a loving relationship with the living God, human beings became fatally flawed out of step with God. And at the heart of sin is humanity's rebellion against God and failure to value him above all things. Paul paints a grim picture of this in Romans in chapter 1, 19 to 20. Even though God made himself known in the natural world with all its beauty, complexity, and design, people became fools, exchanging the glory of the living God with images, with mouths that do not speak, eyes that do not hear or see, and ears that do not hear. Instead of honouring and giving thanks to God, people exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever, leading to a world that is broken and fallen with increasing evil and spiritual darkness. In this present world, humanity continues to exchange the truth about God for a lie. Humanity continues to rebel against God by putting ourselves in the place of God, resulting in a world of absolute chaos. The Bible teaches that until we turn to Jesus, who alone can free us from the bondage of sin, we remain under God's judgment. All humanity has sinned. That's the first fundamental truth. But thanks be to God, the story of humanity doesn't end here. The second fundamental truth that Paul deals with in Romans chapters 1 to 5 is God justifies all who believe in Jesus. God justifies all who believe in Jesus. From good news to bad news, from our hopeless sinful condition to the hope of Jesus Christ. Paul speaks of justification by faith. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Justification by faith simply means that when we turn from our sins and turn to Jesus in complete trust and faith, we are declared righteous and fully accepted by God. It is not earned or deserved it is God's gift of grace and through this gift comes a miraculous transformation through the work of the Holy Spirit though once united to Adam the author of sin and death we are now united to Jesus Christ the author of eternal life as John Stott tells us having been justified by faith we become a new creation our old sinful self has passed away and everything has become new Paul tells us in 2nd Corinthians five seventeen. and this brings us to our text in Romans 6 1 to 11 in Christ we become a new person we no longer are who we were and one of the realities of this new life in Christ is that we have died to sin those who belong to Christ have died to sin. In Romans 6, verse 1, Paul raises the question, what then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? Now, Paul's question connects with Romans 5:20, where he introduces the idea of where sin increases, grace increases much more. He was speaking of the ultimate triumph of grace over sin for the people of God. But here Paul is likely responding to his opponents who are accusing him of preaching a gospel that rationalizes sin. As if to say, if sin abounds and grace abounds much more, then what does it matter if I continue living in sin? After all, I'm saved. My sins have been forgiven. But Paul quickly quickly sets the record straight in verse two saying, in no uncertain terms, by no means, how can we, those who belong to Christ, who died to sin, go on living in it? And to help us understand this new reality, Paul points us to our baptism in verses three and four, which displays God uniting us to Christ in his death and resurrection. Picturing our death to sin, having died with Jesus, who defeated sin on the cross and being raised up with him to live a new life. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, a transformation takes place in your life where in union with Christ, in union with Christ, your old sinful life dies and you enter not into a life of sinless perfection, but in an ongoing process of spiritual growth, towards becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus. You become a new person with a new identity. Now make no mistake, as long as we're on this side of eternity, we still have a sin nature. Paul talks about this in Romans 7. We don't lose our sin nature once we receive Christ. But as Pastor Ben wrote in this past week's newsletter, and I love this. We live within the tension of the already and not yet. But that day will come, dear friends, at Christ's coming, when the final removal of sin in your life and mine will be complete. We haven't arrived, but we're on our way. And until then, dearly beloved, As we're reminded in morning and evening prayer, the scriptures teach us to acknowledge our many sins and offenses, not concealing them from our heavenly Father, but confessing them with humble hearts that we may obtain forgiveness by his infinite goodness and mercy. And while we still battle with sin in Christ, sin's power has been broken Sin's power has been broken. Romans 6, verse 6 says that we are no longer enslaved to sin. The Greek sense of this phrase means that you are no longer under sin's power. In Christ, sin no longer has dominion over you. It is no longer your master. In Christ, you no longer have to walk down that dark road. You don't have to open that door of destruction that you know will only bring heartache and pain to yourself and others. But by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, you can turn the other direction or keep that door closed. In the words of 19th century Anglican Bishop J.C. Ryle, The Lord Jesus has undertaken everything that his people should require, not only to deliver them from the guilt of their sin, but also from the dominion of sin by placing in their hearts the Holy Spirit. As my New Testament professor shared with me this past week, by the way, whom I want to give credit to helping me articulate the theme of this message. He shared, Jesus didn't just die to forgive us our sins. He liberated us from a futile way of life, the way we naturally tend to be. And with knowing that sin no longer has you in chains comes a real freedom, dear friends, a freedom to live a new life with a new identity, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. There's a real freedom in knowing that in Christ you are no longer gripped by sin, but rather enabled by God's amazing grace to be gripped by his amazing love and live for his glory. Now, for some of us, Romans chapter six, one to 11 may come as a real discouragement. As N.T. Wright remarks, sometimes it feels that we're still being dragged down. feels as though we are still under the power of sin. Sin comes and whispers in our ear or shouts at us or confronts us and says, you know you can't escape. But friends, if this describes where you're at this morning, I want to encourage you to reach out to one of the pastors or a mature Christian friend who will walk with you support you and pray for you. But I also want to invite you to go to God's word and take note of the character of our living God who does not change, whose compassions never fail, whose mercies are new every morning. As we sing on some Sundays, He's our way maker, our miracle worker, promise keeper, and light in the darkness. Our God, that is who he is. And even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't feel it, he is working. He never, ever stops working. And lastly, I invite you to go to God's word daily. And remind yourself of who you are in Christ, as N.T. Wright exhorts us. Turn to Romans 6, verse 11, and remind yourself that because of who Jesus is and what he has done, consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God. Because in Christ, you become a new person. You are not who you were. Our chains have fallen off. Our hearts have been set free. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for clothing us with the righteousness of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins. We thank you for the resurrection power and the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome and to walk and to live this life as you have called us. Lord, we give you thanks, we give you praise and we give you glory. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.